Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome back, as we often do on the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast. We're jumping right in. I've got a lot to share with you. If you listened last week, then you know today is part two of a two-part episode. Last week, I shared three weight loss and diet and exercise myths with you. And I'm not talking about the usual stuff like diet pills and seven-day detoxes, herbal cleanses, apple cider vinegar, and like the best weight loss supplement ever created, this this special extract from the Amazon rainforest that melts fat like butter. I'm not talking about all of those things. Those are the obvious weight loss myths that I hope you're not falling for, but that's not what last week's episode was about, and that's not what today's episode is about. Last week and today... We are exploring the less obvious stuff, the things that circulate in the weight loss world and that people talk about, or you might hear people say that seems legit on the surface, but honestly, it can totally derail you or just leave you unsatisfied and unhappy. And who wants that, right? So right now I'm going to quickly go over the first three myths that I covered last week. And I highly recommend you go check out that episode, but just a little teaser. Here they are. Myth number one spot reducing with exercise. And we kind of included something else with that using exercise to work off your food or to work off bad food habits. It's like trying to outrun your fork or your spoon. So that was number one. Next up, myth number two was striving for a a quote unquote ideal weight, like some magical number that is best for you and your body. That was number two. And then next up, myth number three is this idea of losing the last five or 10 pounds. Like, oh, I just want to lose this last five or 10 pounds to get rid of this layer of fat on my midsection, on my tummy, on my thighs, or on my arms, or whatever. So again, just a little teaser. I highly recommend, maybe even pause this episode right now. Go back and listen to part one first, and then come back. Okay? So here we go. Now we're getting into today's episode. We're going to be talking about three more weight loss and diet myths, and these are a little different than last week. The first two that I share today honestly might be a little challenging to hear, and this is where I'm going to make a special request of you, okay? This is a request that I make often inside my Inner Circle Coaching Group. So are you ready? Here we go. We're barely like two or three minutes into this episode, and I'm making a special request. Will you choose right now to be open and coachable? Guys, sometimes the very thing that we most need to hear is the very thing that we least want to hear. The, very, the, the thing that will open our eyes and shift our mindset and lead us to results can often be the thing that we're most resistant to. Why? Because it goes against everything we've been telling ourselves, probably telling ourselves for years. It goes against everything we've been doing and graining and telling ourselves. And suddenly somebody comes along and says it. They say this thing that we don't want to hear or see or even entertain. That it could be true. And we have a choice. We can stop the instant rebuttals and be open to receiving it. Or... 
we can instantly dismiss it and say, oh, this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about, and he doesn't know me, and he doesn't get me, and he doesn't understand my life. <laughs> and then just like that, boom, the door is closed. And even if the entire lesson or truth or message didn't fit you or your life or your situation, maybe there was a piece of it that was helpful. But it's been instantly dismissed and tossed aside because we weren't at least somewhat open and coachable. Guys, if we ever want to change, if we ever want to grow, if we ever want to learn, we have to, at some point, entertain the fact that, wait a minute, maybe what I've always thought or what I've always done or what I've always believed isn't true. Before we can learn and progress and grow, we have to just at least agree to the idea that maybe we were wrong in some capacity. Maybe someone else knows better than I do. And I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, I I know it all and you've got to listen to everything I say. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. All I'm asking is that you just listen with open ears, (laughs) that you just are at least willing to entertain what I share. And it's not just for me in any situation in life, in any area of life where you want to improve, where you want to progress, where you want to get better. It all starts with you being willing to say, wait a minute, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I need to listen and heed someone else's advice, even if it seems weird or even if it conflicts with what I want to believe or the way I've always done things. And isn't the irony of this that we can always see it in other people, right? Like we can see someone else and go, good grief if they would just listen to that person. Good grief if they would just listen to me or to their coach or to their teacher. Like, good gosh, can't they see it? We can so easily see this in others, but it's so hard to see in ourselves. So I'll say it again. Will you decide right now to just crack the door open a little bit to just be open and coachable? I am not saying that what I'm about to share will definitely apply to you. Maybe not. Maybe it won't at all. But if you could, it could apply to you and it could be really helpful for you. And you will never know if you don't even entertain that part of it, or maybe all of it, could be true. Okay? Man, that could be a podcast episode by itself. Maybe we'll do that sometime. But that's not for today. So, open and coachable. Ready? Here we go. Myth number one for today, number four overall, counting last week's episode. Here we go. Number one. I can't lose weight because of my hormones. Now, this can be somewhat true sometimes, but it's very rare. What's much more common is we try a little bit, we don't lose weight like we think we should or like we want to, and so it's time to blame it on something beyond our control. Hormones, genetics, whatever. Often we think of this with ladies and menopause and the associated changes in hormones that comes with all of that, but it is not just females. Men, you are not off the hook here. Listen up. <laughs> it's now becoming more and more common and prevalent with men, especially Men may be in their 40s since HRT, which is just hormone replacement therapy, since HRT has really become a thing and become popular. I'm seeing it more and more and more with men. So it's true for men. It's true for women. Maybe your hormones are changing. Maybe your genetics do make losing weight tough. Or maybe you're just not nearly as consistent as you think you are with your food and exercise. Regardless, here's what I think we all need to hear and we all need to realize weight loss is not fair (laughs) i'm sorry guys i really am 
but I promised you the truth way back when I first started this podcast. I was like, I want to tell you the truth. And that's the truth. Weight loss isn't fair. I've worked with people who can drop 10 pounds or more just changing what they eat for breakfast and going for two or three walks each week. And I've worked with other people who can barely lose 12 pounds and they're working out five times per week while nailing their nutrition with really great consistency. Can we attribute this difference to hormones? Maybe. How about genetics? Sure. Yeah, that definitely probably plays a role. And there are lots of other factors too, like how much overall weight the person, you know, has to lose and what their nutrition was like before starting to make changes. Tons of stuff play into this equation. But here's what I don't want you to miss today. Weight loss, whether we like it or not, it is not fair. Yeah, we're all very similar and there are basic scientific principles that apply to nearly all of us, but that doesn't mean everyone will have the same experience and get the same results when it comes to losing weight. It's not tit for tat. And that also doesn't mean that you should cry and give up and declare that you'll always be fat or you'll always be overweight because of your genetics and your hormones. No, no ma'am, no sir. <laughs> you can still make progress. It just might come in a different way or at a different rate. Genetics and hormones do not determine whether or not you can get results. But they probably do impact the speed of your results and how far you can take your body. For example, I've coached some people who can within just a few months, look like they belong on the cover of a magazine. And there's a ton of factors that play into that. And absolutely, hormones and genetics are part of that. And I've coached other people who put forth tremendous effort and discipline and consistency with their workouts and with their nutrition. And I, as their coach, get angry because I'm like, you're doing all the right things. And their body's responding and they're getting results. But... They could do that for a year or two years or three years, and they're never going to look like that quintessential cover of a magazine. Now, please don't misunderstand. I think they're beautiful and amazing, and I'm not judging anyone's body. I'm just saying when we look at what culture teaches us about how our body looks and what we see on the cover of magazines and what we see in fitness competitions and what we see on Instagram and on social media, that is definitely impacted by our genetics and our hormones. So let me say it one more time. Genetics and hormones don't determine whether or not you can get results. You can absolutely get results. But they probably impact the speed of the results that you get and how far you can take your body. So here's the thing. I'm all for having your doctor check everything out. Yeah, do a full metabolic panel just to make sure your hormones are in a normal range and you're healthy. Heck yeah. Go for it. But at the end of the day, we don't gain anything by giving our power away. And that's exactly what we do when we blame something that's beyond our control, like hormones or genetics. It feels really good short term. Oh, God, my, my hormones are so screwed up. I just can't lose weight. It makes us feel better in the short term. I get it. But it royally sucks long term because we give our power away and we're basically saying, I can't get results. And that's not true. Weight loss isn't fair. Your genetics and your hormones make a difference. But you can still get results no matter how crappy your hormones or genetics may be. Okay, next up, myth number two for today, number five overall. I don't have time. 
I don't have time right now. Have you ever said that? I bet you've heard someone say it. I bet you've thought it. So here's the thing. Time and how we handle and schedule and organize our time is such an interesting topic. (laughs) One person's crazy, super busy, hectic day is another person's normal day. (laughs) And one person might say, I'm pretty busy, but man, I can definitely fit in some exercise or meal prep or whatever. While another person whose schedule is probably less full might say, oh my gosh, life is so crazy. And and I just, I I can't, I don't, I can't do it. I have no time for exercise or even to go by the grocery store. To some degree, time is not as much about the quantity that we have available or free. And it's much more about management. Maybe you truly don't have time right now. But often what I see is not a time issue. It's a management issue and prioritization issue. I've had clients who just didn't have time to do a 20-minute walk three times last week, and then I see them on social media talking about how they binge the latest Netflix show. (laughs) Okay, something that's not adding up here. Now, please understand, I'm not judging them. Heck, I love watching some Netflix too. I get it. But as a coach, when they're hiring me to help them get results and to help them move in a certain direction in their life, it's hard for me not to see that their priority might be somewhere else. So I'll say it again. Sometimes we truly do not have enough available time. In my group, we call this life-altering stress. We differentiate between basic life stressors and all of the time-sucking things that that brings and then the other really big stuff, which is life-altering stress. So sometimes that's true. We are in that life-altering stress phase, and we truly do not have enough time or capacity. But most of the time, it's not a quantity issue. It's not a time issue. It's a management and prioritization issue. And here's the thing. Don't miss this. I think we often have a tough time prioritizing because, don't miss it, we have a tough time believing, believing this will be different. Too busy Or, oh, I just don't have enough time. Those are often dressed up ways of saying something totally different. They're often dressed up ways of saying, this is not a priority for me. I really don't want to start this right now. I'm actually kind of scared to start because I'm scared to fail. You know what? I'd just rather do other things if I'm completely honest. I really don't want to do this because let's be honest, it's just not as much fun as the other stuff that I want to do. And I'm too stressed to imagine trying to do something else or something different from what I normally do. I have such little space available in my life. The last thing I want to do is fill it with diet food and miserable exercise that I dread which, by the way, is a perception issue because losing weight doesn't have to be a miserable experience that's full of boring diet food. So saying we're too busy or that we just don't have enough time is really a way of saying all of those other things. My friends, turn the volume up. Don't miss this. There will always be something, always something else to do, always something that needs to get done, always something that pops up, always something in the way. There will always be something until you either prioritize or create space. For most people, these are the issues. Prioritizing, managing our time, creating space. That will solve most of our don't have enough time problems. 
But it doesn't matter how much you prioritize or manage your time if you're full of doubt and disbelief. If deep down you don't believe you will be successful, then why should you prioritize your time for exercise and food? If you don't believe it will make a difference, then it's just a waste of your time. And no one wants to waste time, right? I certainly don't. Especially someone who's already very busy. I don't have much time to give. Why would I waste it on something that I don't believe is going to make a difference? Now, here's the thing. This probably makes perfect sense in your head as you hear me explain it. But trust me, it's subtle. The bully in your brain doesn't scream at you. Hey, you idiot. You know you're not going to stick with this, so why even start? You know you're not going to be successful, so don't do it. That's not how it works. The bully in your brain is subtle and sneaky and convinces you of something before you even realize it. And the worst part, it seems totally rational. So there's no reason to argue or fight back. I mean, it makes sense. If I usually don't stick with it in the past, that means I'm probably not going to stick with it this time. And I am really busy, so why get my hopes up and waste money on a gym membership or diet food and waste my precious time and energy? Why do all of that? It's just so much easier to squash it all before it even gets started and not spend my precious time on this stuff that won't make any difference in my life. It's important to understand that doubt or lack of belief is not obvious. Andy Stanley, who is founder of North Point Ministries, says that greed is hard to see in ourselves. No one looks in the mirror and says, oh, wow, like I'm really greedy. I'm a really greedy person. Well, doubt is very similar. Often we'd much rather dress it up as something else like being too busy. Very few people are able to take a long, hard look at themselves and their situation and say, you know, if I'm totally honest, I'm not taking action. I'm not carving out time for exercise or better food choices because I don't believe I'll be successful. That's what it is. I'm just full of so much doubt that I can't even get going. I'd rather just avoid the topic and do other stuff that feels more comfortable and familiar. Very few people, maybe no one, ever looks at their situation and says that. So, the next time you feel like you don't have enough time to do the things that will help you get to where you want to be, become healthier and lose weight, maybe stop for just a moment. Take a pause, even though you don't have much time, pause and ask yourself, is this truly a lack of time? Or am I not managing and prioritizing? Or, if I really dig deep, is it just a huge lack of belief? And I could fit it in time-wise, but I don't want to because I don't believe it's going to make a difference. Those things could really help you, guys, when it comes to this issue of time. Okay, next up, myth number six overall, number three for today. And it's all about the dreaded carbs. Carbs are evil. Man, I'd lose weight if I would just cut out the carbs. Unfortunately, I've heard this so many times, and I always want to say, so how's that working for you? <laughs> Do you think that's a good long-term solution, cutting out those carbs? Whenever someone goes the gotta cut out the carbs, carbs are evil route, it's half exasperation and half excuse, if we're really honest. 
We reach for a solution like this out of desperation and exasperation because maybe it's the only thing we've done in the past that made the scales really move. And you're like, yeah, Corey, exactly. That's why I say it because that's what it did and I believe in it. But here's the thing. There's also a little bit of an excuse built in there too. It's like, man, in order to lose weight, I have to do something really extreme, something that really sucks. And that's why I'm not doing it right now. But uh, I mean, who wants to do that, right? I mean, I'll eventually do it again. There's a little bit of this like, oh, poor, poor me. And a little bit of a boast of like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I have to do. I know what I need to do. And I just have to do it. But it really sucks to do. So that's why I'm not doing it right now. So you get it, don't you? Like you get it. Who wants to cut out their carbs? (laughs) Exasperation, desperation, and excuse all rolled up into one. But here's the truth. You ready? Carbs are not evil. (laughs) But with the popularity of keto and some of the articles I see online and in magazines, I can understand how some people might think they are. Especially if someone did keto and almost like instantly lost a good chunk of weight, which is pure water, by the way, then yeah, that would ingrain in someone's brain brain that carbs are bad. And then whenever I cut them out, man, I lose weight and I lose it fast. But there are two problems with this, guys. One, like I said, that quick weight loss comes primarily from water. And then two, even if we go with the rationale and agree, let's just, let's just agree to agree, carbs are bad and cutting them out will really help you lose weight. Even if we say that's true, well, is it sustainable? Can you do it the rest of your life? Are you going to do it the rest of your life? And if the answer is no, then it's not a solution. It's not a viable solution. But thankfully, it's not true. <laughs> carbs are not evil. You can lose weight eating carbs on a daily basis. People do it all the time. That's part of what I teach people how to do. But this carbs are evil myth causes much bigger problems than just forcing someone to try keto or Atkins over and over again and again and again. Thinking carbs are the enemy and adopting thoughts and beliefs like, I've got to cut out the carbs. It is pure all or nothing. And all or nothing solutions are very, very rarely long-term solutions. Because newsflash, who wants to live their whole life without carbs? (laughs) I certainly don't. I enjoy my carbs probably much like you. And here's the other thing. All or nothing solutions ingrain the all or nothing mindset, all or nothing thinking, which can lead to oftentimes increased anxiety, decreased performance in pretty much all areas of your life, less peace of mind, less confidence, and less enjoyment, enjoyment of food and enjoyment of life. Needless to say, all or nothing is something that, if at all possible, we want to avoid and overcome. But that's not all. The other sneaky thing about this carbs are evil myth is that it's so tempting. It's like as much as we don't want it to be true, because let's be honest, we love our carbs, at the same time, we almost kind of do want it to be true because then we have a clearly defined enemy. It seems to take the guesswork out of nutrition. It seems to simplify how we should eat to lose weight. It's like, okay, I don't have to worry about all this crazy stuff. I don't have to worry about Whole30 and this diet and that diet and what I read in this article or that article. 
I just know that carbs are evil and carbs are the enemy. So boom, it's done. It's simple. Just cut out your carbs. We like having a villain, don't we? I mean, we love superhero movies. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy. And the good guy is me and the bad guy is carbs. (laughs) So why not make carbs the villain? On the surface, it seems to simplify weight loss nutrition. And we like that. And it also gives us an easy way out because poor, poor me has to cut out carbs to lose weight and nobody wants to do that. And we like that too. But below the surface, we can easily see, if we're honest, how it's just not sustainable. And it ingrains the destructive all or nothing mentality. In reality, carbs are not evil but sometimes our relationship to carbs might kind of be evil. (laughs) This is especially true with sugar. It's not that all carbs are evil. It's that we might have an unhealthy relationship with some unhealthy carbs. You feel me? I've been there. We've all been there. We've all been at that place where we're like, good gosh, why did I eat all that? Man, I just had way too much dessert, and now I feel horrible. Oh, now my stomach's upset. Now I have brain fog. Now I just want to take a nap. Man, some people, it impacts them all the way through the next day. So I'll say it again. It's not that all carbs are evil. Not at all. It's that we might have an unhealthy relationship with some unhealthy carbs. All right. Let's bring all this together and wrap it up. You ready? Here we go. Quick review. Myth number one today. I can't lose weight because of my hormones or genetics. And the truth is weight loss just isn't fair. I'm sorry. But don't miss it. That's not the end of the story. You can still make progress. It just might come in a different way or at a different rate than you would like. Genetics and hormones do not determine whether or not you can get results. You can get results regardless of your genetics or your hormones. But the genetics and hormones do determine the speed of your results or they do impact the speed of your results and how far you can take your body. Myth number two, I don't have enough time. The next time you feel like you don't have enough time, maybe just stop for a moment and ask yourself, is this truly a lack of time? Or am I not managing and prioritizing? Or is it just a huge lack of belief? Is it a time issue, a prioritization issue, or a doubt issue? And then myth number three for today, carbs are evil. They're the devil. Believing this can ingrain the destructive all-or-nothing mentality. And the truth is, carbs are not evil, but our relationship to carbs might be a problem, especially with sugar. It's not that all carbs are evil. It's that we have an unhealthy relationship with some unhealthy carbs. I hope this has been helpful today. And if so, may I ask, can I ask a special favor? Would you either send this episode to someone else that you know might benefit? Just send the link to someone, send it via text message or maybe tag them social media. Or would you just take maybe two or three minutes to post a review of this podcast? Unless of course you don't have time. (laughs) That would, uh, that would absolutely make my day. If you guys would do one of those two things, I would appreciate it so much. Now let's wrap it up. Like we always do. Please remember, never forget. There is more to you and your body then a number. So don't step on the scales first thing every morning and then beat yourself up about that number the rest of the day. No, there's so much more to you than that. And so many people love you 
and you bring so much value and worth to the world because you're freaking incredible. That's number one. And then number two, weight loss. Man, weight loss is great. I mean, that's part of the name of this podcast. But losing weight is really all about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted. And that can begin to happen even if you need to lose a lot of weight. It's okay. You can start gaining life just as you begin the process when you lose five pounds or 10 pounds. Losing weight is really about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted. And you can absolutely do it. I believe in you 100%. Even if you don't believe in yourself, that's okay. You can borrow my belief. You keep coming back. I'll keep working on you. We will get you there. Take care, my friends. God bless. Bye-bye.